are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for the auto and body parts from so many different manufacturers. They also have engine control models, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They got it all, no matter what your make or model is on your vehicle. You can check it out at rockauto.com. And the best thing about them is that they have prices that are reliably low and they're same as professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com. And see all the parts you ever need right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Arkansas and Kentucky basketball going down tonight. It should be a great matchup. It always is. Arkansas has to win this game, though. They have to win this game. They have to make a, a statement, and I hope they do. I think they will, but you never really know. It's been a weird year for basketball, especially here in the SEC. And we're going to talk a lot about the Kentucky side of things with a really great guy who does a great job of covering all things Kentucky. And he actually joined us on Out of Bounds and did a really good job of it. Had a lot of great comments from it as well. And so uh, we're going to get some of that perspective. So without further ado, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines and welcome in Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio. Nick, really appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? I'm good. Glad to, to finally be on. I think we were always on in the morning previously, so it's good to, to get on here and talk cats and hogs, except that like this time uh, uh, Kentucky is terrible at basketball. <laughs> well, yeah, man, it, it's kind of nice to actually have you on to, to talk about it, and I wish it was under better circumstances, but since you mentioned it, just in your opinion, why? Why does Kentucky basketball suck so bad right now? This is so oh, weird for everyone man. to see. What's the problem? Well, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things, uh, but at its core, this is a poorly constructed roster. It was going to be a down year probably regardless, um, but you take away the month of November where you get to beat up on a bunch of directional schools and kind of build some confidence, figure out your lineups, you know, do, do that sort of thing. They, they took away those cheap, easy wins, and then you take out 20,000 people out of an arena and – uh, you're seeing it with all those blue bloods where they really leaned, these young teams really leaned on home court advantage at times. And Kentucky has been an abomination down the stretch. I mean, it's one of those things where I think why fans are so frustrated is that uh, kind of like what Eric Musselman said in, in the intro was that, like, yeah, Kentucky, you know, they, they show some promise, but being down the stretch, there's just nobody there to make plays. And that's a time where you could really use a crowd. Uh, to kind of give you some energy, or maybe the other team's making a run, they give you a little bit of juice. But um, if I were to just give you the boilerplate of how a Kentucky basketball game goes, it's, eh, okay, start, but probably not. Uh, they make a nice little comeback, and then with, I don't know, uh, five, ten minutes ago, they fall apart, and there's like a five- or six-minute scoring drought sprinkled in there in between. Uh, last Saturday, they were lucky enough to have two of those in the final 12 minutes. It was It's just... Oh man, it's it's if you can, I'm sure you can hear the frustration in my voice, and it's in the voices of many people up here <laughs> in the bluegrass right now. So during these games, they seem to have been in every game until you get to that stretch run. So 
What's made a difference earlier in the game? Is it something that they've been relying on their defense that's been keeping them around early in games? That definitely plays a part of it because they're not a good half-court team. Uh, and, and so that defense, uh, getting guys running transition, it's one thing that is kind of a shame that this is one of John Calipari's better defensive teams, but we just don't think of him in a positive light because the offense has been so bad. Isaiah Jackson, he's fun to watch. Uh, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be uh, probably like NBA sixth man of the year in like four years or something like that because he's an absolute freak athletically. He's great at blocking shots. I think he's second or third uh, in block percentage in the country. Um, he's a bona fide stud, but when they get into those late half-court situations, they don't have a go-to guy, not just a go-to guy to score, but not even a guy who can penetrate and open up some outside shots for somebody else. Devin Askew, uh, who's been the starting point for most of the year, reclassified. So he's a little down in his maturation. He just doesn't have that kind of juice to get in there. Davion Mintz is inconsistent. And, and I think the biggest problem of it all is just inconsistency in general because uh, from night to night, you don't know who is going to be your best player. Uh, there was a game where Dante Allen hit seven threes, and you went to him. Uh, Davion Mintz has had his moments, the transfer from Creighton, where it's like, oh, well, he, he can get a bucket. B.J. Boston had a couple games. And then last Saturday, it was Keon Brooks who had 21-10 and 10 with 12 minutes to go. And then uh, Kentucky made four shots in the final 12 minutes of the game. So uh, recipe for a loss right there. We'll continue our discussion with Nick Roush here in just a second. But first, this. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. We're speaking with Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio here on the Cartridge World Hotline, Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. You know, Nick, I know I've been following, obviously, you on social media and some other Kentucky media members, and it certainly looks like there's been a lot of, uh, needless to say, disconnect between John Calipari and the fans, uh, just with some of the comments being made. And obviously, Kentucky basketball is synonymous with winning, and when they're not winning, people are not happy about it whatsoever, but... Uh, what has that strain been like just so far this season? Not only the frustrations of losing, but the frustrations that the fans are having with John Calipari and some of the comments or some of the decisions he's made so far this year. I think you, you really hit it, John. What makes this year so bizarre is that it's one thing to be bad, uh, and even though we're not used to cheering for a bad basketball team, it's another thing to to feel like your coach is just just something's off with him. Um, because normally that's that's kind of what made Cal so great at Kentucky is because he's this master, not mastermind, but he's he's great when dealing with the media, when dealing with fans. He's the most affable guy in front of a camera, and uh, I don't know if it's because he's doing this all on Zoom or or what. But there there has been a disconnect when it comes to messaging, and uh, you know, Terrence Clark, I, he's the prime example right now. But Terrence Clark was he, – he, he rolled his ankle back in December. Uh, he played through it during the Louisville game, wasn't great. And they're like, you know what, we'll hold him out for a few weeks. And, and you know, that should be enough time to, to let him heal up. We'll get him back to 100%. Well, you fast forward, it's six weeks later, he still hasn't played. Last week they said they didn't take him with him to Missouri because they're like, we want to get him ready to play against Tennessee. Well, after he doesn't play against Tennessee, now Calipari says he's got four more weeks. So – you know, it's just uh, it's it's not knowing what to believe uh, there, from him. And then there was a 
at the at the beginning of the year, Kentucky just didn't have any shooters, didn't have any scores. Well, Dante Allen was a Mr. Basketball Kentucky two years ago who scored a lot of points playing high school basketball, and they're like, hey, why don't you play this guy? Why don't you play this guy? After begrudgingly finally playing, Allen scored seven threes in his first game out, and the fans wanted to give him an I told you so, and he was not willing to accept his loss and admit that he was wrong right away. It was like, well, he's still struggling on defense, blah, 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 blah. And and that kind of really set the tone for the hemming and hauling you've gotten uh, from them throughout the year that a lot of folks are just had it. They're either apathetic towards the season, uh, and then you've got some folks who are real angry and are yelling, fire cow, which, you know, uh, can you blame them after? (laughs) We don't know how to handle losing, John. We We just don't know how to handle it. So is that something that we see from Kentucky every so often because we've seen an NIT team before, and as you mentioned, you're not used to losing. That's something that's unacceptable at Kentucky when you don't live up to certain standards. But is this something with pretty much starting fresh with a new team every year, is this something that may happen from time to time simply because these teams usually start off a little slow and get better as the season goes on? This time around, they just oh, haven't gotten oh. better. Yeah, yeah, and, and it also goes back to um, as much as you think about Kentucky and the one-and-done, all of the great teams have steady upper-class contributors that can be leaned on uh, in difficult games. That Anthony Davis team has a senior Darius Miller, uh, a sophomore Terrence Jones, and a sophomore Deron Lamb. So three of their top six were guys who had been there, done that. And in, in the big moments, you could turn to him. Lamb was the leading scorer in the championship game. Uh, Miller, you know, he, he goes on and on. That 17 team with uh, your old favorite, uh, Malik Monk, they had a couple of kids from Kentucky that were seniors uh, and a sophomore guard to kind of help them along the way. And then last year, that, that big win down in Arkansas um, when uh, people lost their minds at Bud Walton. It was actually pretty awesome to be there for it. When Cal got ejected, they give the ball to Emmanuel quickly, a sophomore, and uh, Nick Richards, a junior. Those guys kind of just carried them the rest of the way out. So the the, the one-and-done thing, you, you do get smacked in the face with it, especially when some guys you might expect to return don't. And uh, if, if you have Ashton Hagens come back, maybe even Jay Montgomery, I don't know how much those guys specifically help the team. But at least Hagens, having a, a, a guy who can get in the lane would really help the team, really give them some sort of, uh, just ability to weather the storm because young teams struggle handling adversity. They just do. And uh, right now, this team, they've, they've, they've faced every kind of adversity and they've not reacted to it the way they should. You know, Nick, uh, looking at it too, I know this has been a question, at least from the outsider's perspective, as far as you know, the future of Kentucky basketball and obviously the frustrations of this year. Is this, you believe that this is just one year that, that's just random and the next year, Kentucky basketball will be back to normal. We're looking at the recruiting classes, looking at the future. Do you feel like everything will be right again next season, or are there some legitimate concerns in saying, you know, this could have some effects going forward on Kentucky basketball? See, I I, I tend to think that it's more of the former, where uh, not so much as just like the next group of recruits will be better, all will be well. but I, I, I do think just the, the circumstances this season are really showing the cracks much deeper than, than what they normally would. Uh, but the one the one piece of, the one real significant concern of all of this, because Kentucky has recruited well, 
Oscar Subway from West Virginia trainers are there. They've got some really good front court pieces. But the problem I think that all Kentucky fans are fearing is the lack of emphasis that Calipari has put on getting talented backcourt players his entire career. And it's, and it's not just – I mean, this is a three-point shooting game. Who are we kidding now? And, you know, Alabama, they're taking it to the 11,000th degree when it comes to, to shooting threes and relying on talented backcourt players. But that's kind of where your bread and butter is in college basketball. You need great guard play. And I, I think there is a concern that, uh, you know, Calvin Summer said, I've been watching a lot of evening football, but we're going to play more like that. And, of course, that didn't happen. And I, I think if it is the beginning of the end, it's because he refuses to get out of 2013-2009 basketball, where it's, let's bully you inside, let's go one-on-one and get to the rim and score, instead of base and spot up and two three. That's, that's, I think, a bigger concern than, than finding talent elsewhere, because uh, you, teams don't play like that, that, that much anymore. Because even when they do have the big guys, like Kansas would have as a bookie, they had really, really good guards. Kentucky's had some teams like that as of late. But if you miss on one and you get a brain in Boston instead of a Tyler Hero, you're screwed. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely screwed. So uh, I think that's the, the long-term concern moving forward. So you mentioned one of the transfers there, and Cal has seemed to have changed his philosophy over the years where he is bringing in more transfers. So what's the, what's, what's the current status with this roster with transfers? And then – What's it looking like in future recruiting? Well, so I, I did mention Shoeboy, who uh, came in. Uh, he left West Virginia mid-year, uh, and he'll be eligible to play this fall, I would presume. He's like a you know six-nine forward, big shot blocker, big time rebounder, real physical. I, I there will definitely be more transfers going out. There will certainly be more going in, and that that kind of goes back to uh, a grievance many fans have as well is. They'll look around at some of the transfers that have left UK. Uh, Johnny Dezang, uh playing for UCLA, uh, didn't play much at all last year, uh, and, and has had some some great games where he's shooting, you know, uh, twenty seven points. He's made seven threes. He's he's gone off. Uh, the same thing with Jamal Baker out at Arizona, where guys have gone out, uh, particularly guards, and have had success. There will likely be some people that leave this team that have no business leaving this team. But you get all the outside pressure, the outside forces, and, and they're ready to go. I don't know who exactly that'll be. Um, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that Askew will be back. Who knows with Clark's situation? Um, but you're right about one thing. He did flip his switch on getting transfers rather quickly, and it worked in the short term. Uh, Reed Travis, he got from Stanford. That was a former McDonald's All-American. He really filled the hole. But you aren't always going to hit the lottery when it comes to transfers. Uh, and, and the grass is always greener uh, whenever you're looking in that portal for new players. We'll continue our discussion with Nick Roush of Kentucky Sports Radio here in just a second. But, folks, you've heard me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And it's sad, football is over, but that's okay because NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, so it's not just about sports, it's about everything. Real-time odds and updated props on almost everything and anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way and the best place to place your bets. 
and it's free to sign up. Head to the website on your mobile device and sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to use that promo code locked on for that 50%, folks. It's going to be worth it. If you're going to watch these games, you might as well make some money on them at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, Nick, just looking at this game tonight, obviously uh, the Razorbacks, they, they feel confident. They've had a week off because they didn't play Texas A&M, but they've gotten healthy, and they're going to look to try to beat Kentucky the first time since 2014. But if, if Arkansas obviously is going to run into Kentucky, what are going to be the problems that Kentucky can present? What is their strengths? I know that they've struggled this year, but what are some of the things that they do really well that the Razorbacks are going to have to deal with in this game tonight? The, the one thing I think that uh, Kentucky, where well, they do have an advantage, is, is in the interior. Not a lot of size on the Razorbacks roster. Um, and I don't know how Kentucky could take advantage of that offensively, because if you're smart, you just you kind of double down on the post. But uh, really, if, if Arkansas can hit a few outside shots early, and just, just to rattle the team, the UK a little bit, because they can. The way you try to beat UK is face them, drive by them, and hope there's not somebody waiting at the rim. So, what, what I'm hoping for as a Kentucky fan is that they're just contesting those threes and blocking shots at the rim because Kentucky is good defensively. Uh, they get after it; they absolutely get after it. Uh, and, and if you're Arkansas, you've got to hope, too, that um, this isn't one of those nights where B.J. Boston or, or Dante Allen goes off. Because when B.J. Boston is playing like the guy who was once a top 10 recruit in last year's class, I mean, he's a 6'6 wing. He's got a good looking stroke. Doesn't always go in. Doesn't always get to the rim. But it is a nice little little, little pull-up shot. So uh, he had, I think, 18 in consecutive games two weeks ago, and that was the last time Kentucky won if, if if you can get that kind of BJ Boston, then then it is uh, Arkansas really got going to have to strain. But uh, I I do worry about those guards that just Kentucky's not going to be able to stay in front of them. Because uh, ask you while he's had his moments where uh, I know he certainly played better last Saturday, not great defensively, and uh, I, I worry about some of those guys just going right now. Now we've mentioned how this team Kentucky has had offensive struggles. What what is and and what the style that they like to play as far as playing inside? Do they have those same struggles not only from the outside but from the inside making shots at times? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh... <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But when they get hot, they get hot, and I uh, like a, a lot of these performances have uh, two games ago, um, and it's escaping me. Who they were playing at the time, but they shot sixty percent in the second half. Is that Missouri? Shot sixty percent in the second half. I mean, you should be able to win games when you're shooting that well. So they will go through those stretches, uh, and it mostly has to do with when they're playing with a little bit of tempo. Uh, they're not good at generating any sort of offense in the half court. So if this would have been old school Mike Anderson, we're going to run and gun and forty minutes of hell and all that stuff, then I I, I would have been like, okay, presses, come on, bring it on. But I I think if if, if Arkansas does force UK to play in the half court, that's where they, that's where that things get really bogged down, and it's just a turnover waiting to happen. Uh, UK went from uh, last week it was two turnovers in the first half, 
and eleven in the second. I mean, the, the switch gets flipped that quickly, and I think four were in like the first two minutes. So uh, I, I don't know what it is that just, but they can sometimes just forget how to play basketball. So it's um, it's been tough sledding for Kentucky fans. All right, last one before we let you get out of here, Nick, man. What do you honestly think happens in this game tonight? Obviously, Razorback fans are hopeful, but, uh, you know, in the SEC, it's been a weird year, man. You never know really what's going to happen. But how do you see this game playing out tonight between Arkansas and Kentucky? It, it has been a weird year. Uh, I mean, it's been weird in bad ways and any good. The uh, Florida mysterious losing to home. I mean, you just you never know what's going to happen night to night. But I just had so little confidence uh, <laughs> in Kentucky that I do think that if, if there's a way for them to win, it's the, we're just going to get angry and, and play angry, and maybe that'll finally change things. But I do think the game script will hold the form. Arkansas will come out. They'll hit a couple threes early on. Uh, and then, you know, Kentucky makes a nice run. Maybe it's close to halftime, a little bit after. You get like a five-minute scoring drought. They'll make it close again, but Arkansas can be able We'll pull away by a few down the stretch. And, uh, hey, might get your – man, you mentioned that 2014 game. Really, Michael Qualls just I, – I've, I've been angry. That was one of my angrier college moments where we just <laughs> – I don't even know if we paid our tap. We just stormed out of the, the bar. We were so bad. It was <sighs> – what a way to lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is Arkansas fans look, down, uh, look uh, heavily on that game. But, hey, that game was seven years ago, so – Things have changed a lot, and it's going to be uh, – It's yeah, <laughs> I know. Tell me about it, man. It's going to be hopefully a great game tonight. But, Nick, man, we appreciate it. Great stuff as always. Enjoy what you do at Kentucky Sports Radio, and uh, enjoy the game tonight, man. Good luck the rest of the way. We'll be catching up with you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.